0: Today on the Ancestral Findings Podcast, the 1840 U.S. Federal Census is the sixth one done by the United States, and the first one that has most of the pages still available for use by researchers today. It is a far more valuable research tool for genealogy than you might imagine. Here's what you need to know about it. The 1840 U.S. Federal Census, and all of the ones previous to it, only included the names of the heads of households, not the name of every person in the household, as the 1850 and later censuses have done. Because of this, some genealogical researchers, especially beginners, tend to ignore this and earlier censuses, as they believe they will not be of much use to them. However, despite its exclusion of names from everyone but the head of households, the 1840 U.S. Federal Census provides some unique and valuable information that can help expand and enrich a family tree, if you know what to look for and how to use it. Here is what you need to know to get the most out of the 1840 U.S. Federal Census in your genealogy research. The 1840 U.S. Federal Census was the sixth of its kind conducted by the United States federal government. It began on June 1, 1840, and its results showed that the population of the United States in 1840 was approximately 17,069,453. This was a 32.5 increase from the 1830 U.S. Federal Census. Among the 1840 population count were nearly two and a half million slaves. The 1840 U.S. federal census was the first to ask the military veteran status and age of Revolutionary War veterans. It was also the first U.S. census that did not suffer a major loss of records at some point in its history, so virtually the entire census is available to today's researchers. This makes it the first U.S. federal census that most modern American researchers can use, as most researchers with ancestors living in the United States in 1840 will be able to find them there, since almost none of the census is missing. This was the first U.S. federal census that showed a U.S. state that had more than 2 million people living in it. This was New York. It was also the first to show a U.S. city with more than 300,000 people living in it. This was New York City. Several other U.S. cities have populations of more than 100,000 recorded in this census, including New Orleans and Baltimore. As with previous and later censuses, the 1840 U.S. federal census was not without controversy. With this census, the controversy was in the counting of the free African Americans. This was the first U.S. Census that asked if any free African Americans were also insane or idiotic. This question had been asked of white people in previous censuses, but this was the first time the question was posed to free African Americans. The controversy was with the results that the Census Bureau published. The published results showed a much higher number of supposedly insane free African Americans than those who were slaves. Pro slavery advocates used these results to bolster their claims that slavery was beneficial for African Americans. They also used the results to show others what the effects of emancipation may be, meaning they said there would be far more insane African Americans in the nation without slavery. Meanwhile, abolitionists, who were against slavery, claimed that the mental illness question on the census had numerous errors in the publication. These errors were outlined in a report by Edward Jarvis in the American Journal of the Medical Sciences in 1844. The report was later published as a pamphlet and also as a memorial to Congress from the American Statistical Association. The report urged Congress to take steps to correct the outlined errors. John Quincy Adams submitted the report to the House of Representatives, stating that the report clearly demonstrated that the mental illness question of the 1840 census had gross and important errors in the returns that were published. The House requested an inquiry into the matter, and then Secretary of State John C. Calhoun later told Congress that the supervisor of the census carefully examined the statistics and found no errors. Because of Calhoun's stated findings, the 1840 U.S. census returns were not revised and can be viewed today in the way they were first recorded. Questions asked on the 1840 U.S. census include the first and last names of the head of the household, The address of each enumerated household. The number of free white males and females in five-year age groups to age 20. The number of free white males and females in 10-year age groups from ages 20 to 100. The number of free white males and females age 100 and older. The number of slaves and free African Americans categorized in six different age groups but not by gender. The number of people in the household who were deaf and or mute. The number of people in the household who were blind. The number of people in a household who were insane or idiotic. The number of people in a household who were employed in any of the seven occupational types. These types or categories of occupations were mining, agriculture, Commerce, manufacturing and trade, navigation of the ocean, navigation of rivers, canals, and lakes, learned professions, and engineers. The number of white people in a household who were over the age of 20 and who could not read or write. The number of Revolutionary War soldiers or other military veterans in a household. Enumeration of the 1840 U.S. Census began on June 1st, 1840. U.S. Marshals were given two copies of the receipts from the census by the enumerators, with a deadline to hand them in by November 1st, 1840. One of the copies was sent to the Secretary of State to be handed into that office by December 1st, 1840. As you can see, The 1840 U.S. Federal Census is a far more useful genealogical research tool than you might have imagined. It can tell you a lot about ancestors who were heads of household, as well as the people who were living in those households, even if they weren't named. You can use this information to discover new ancestors and to compare to information in later censuses to identify unnamed people in the 1840 Census. It is an important tool for any researcher doing American genealogy work. You can get all the genealogical charts and forms that I've talked about. Look for the link in the description box. Thanks for joining me today on the Ancestral Findings Podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, and iTunes. Also, check out AncestralFindings.com for free genealogy lookups, ebooks, and weekly giveaways. Happy searching!